the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome, everyone. This is actually not Seth Liebson. I am filling in for him. This is John Gabriel, uh, contributor of opinions to uh, the Arizona Republic and AZ Central, editor-in-chief at ricochet.com. And uh, I also host a podcast called The King of Stuff. Really, the news has just been, at least for me, all week and certainly last weekend, Afghanistan and Biden's complete and utter disastrously disastrous policy that uh, he has done there. Uh, like many Americans, I know I actually wrote in the Republic about this. Like many Americans, I thought it was a fine idea to get out of Afghanistan after 20 years. In my naivete, though, I thought there would be like a modicum of professionalism and competence in getting out of there. Instead, it appears that Biden had no plan whatsoever, and he still has no plan. He's going around blaming everyone else for his decision. And uh, it's pretty awful to see uh, the news is not improving out of there. By latest estimate, there are about 10 to 15,000 Americans in country. We have one airport to fly them out of in Kabul. The people are likely spread across the country, and they're probably in hiding trying to avoid the Taliban. And uh, what is Biden's response to this? Well, he just wants to shift the blame. Uh, he gave his speech on Monday, which uh, most people agreed was a complete disaster, you know, a after all the horrible videos of the weekend, he just basically said, first off, he blamed Obama, and almost no reporters mentioned that. Um, that was one of the first things I noticed. He said, oh, he didn't mention Obama by name, but he said, in 2009, there was a surge, and I totally oppose that. We shouldn't have done that. That was uh, President Obama's call. After that, he spared most, uh, spent most of his blaming on Trump. And blame Trump, saying, well, this is a Trump policy. There's no way possible I could change it, even though the day he waltzed into office, he tried to change every single Trump-era policy in existence. Uh, so he could have changed if he wanted to, but he would rather blame Trump. It's easier than taking the hit himself. And then he attacked the Afghan people, the Afghan army, the Afghan politicians, and all those people who helped us, who are stuck on the ground there, who um, many people in the State Department and in the U.S. military, to at least some of them promised that, yeah, we'll take care of you, we got your back, we'll protect you, we'll get you out of the country if needed. Biden doesn't want that. So he's not doing that. And uh, this is what you have when you elect a complete, how do I put this politely? I'll just say complete drooling moron to be your president. He doesn't know what's going on. He's hiding from the press. He's hiding from the American people. He apparently is hiding from world leaders. Um, Boris Johnson, prime minister of the UK, reached out to him. He couldn't get a hold of him for 36 hours. This is our closest ally, folks. Biden would not return his calls. He finally got back after 36 hours. And that is the only world leader, apparently, at least that's been released, who he's talked to at all. 
Hillary Clinton is moonlighting. She's chatting up uh, Justin Trudeau up in Canada. Uh, he's using her as a conduit. I don't remember voting for her. As a matter of fact, I remember voting against her uh, with the majority of Americans in uh, 2016. But I don't know. Maybe she thinks she's running things since nobody else apparently will step up to the plate. So it's really um, disheartening to every American. And again, this goes for whether you approve in general of the withdrawal or you opposed it. The way this has been done has just been absolutely appalling. And the fact that Joe Biden is unwilling to uh, take responsibility for it on any level, I know in his Monday speech, he goes, the buck stops with me. But he spent the other 95% of the speech blaming everybody but him. So, um, as I said, as news continues to develop, it continues to get worse. We have a situation now where it has just been revealed, a reporter posted this about two hours ago, that the State Department is uh, looking for non-military ways to stage and move Americans and others in Kabul as an alternative to military forces. Um, there is no other way. They do not have Uber or Lyft in Kabul, if memory serves. Uh, there is no other way you can do this. You can't send in the Peace Corps, um, I don't know, give them fancy laminated badges and uh, walking sticks and send them into a crowd of uh, angry armed Taliban. It has to be the military getting these people out. Um, they they are just simply flailing and don't exactly know what to do. For those who do somehow make it through all the Taliban checkpoints and get into the airport, they have another uh, challenge there. The State Department is telling them to pay up to $2,000 to get on a plane. Before they can get on the plane, fork over some cash. We are not paying for this flight um, you know, these confiscatory rates, I don't know, 2000 that should be a first-class flight. Instead, you're going to be uh, lying down on a cold floor of a C-17. Uh, those of my former uh, veteran friends out there who have uh, tried to get a cheap flight somewhere and you end up on a C-17, that's a, that's a pretty chilly place and not exactly first-class. Uh, you, you do not sass the stewardesses on those flights. I'll, I'll put it that way. I actually, I was in the Navy just four years. I did my, did my time in the Navy, uh, during peacetime mercifully. Uh, but I remember I wanted to save money and fly back to Phoenix since I'm from here, from Hawaii. And I uh, got on one of those military flights and, uh, it was an interesting adventure. Um, they handed out a bunch of blankets and, uh, then I paid an extra $4 or something like this. And then they... I remember the quote-unquote stewardess, um, Air Force personnel woman, uh, just threw a box of uh, not a great sandwich, so uh, that fine military cuisine. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, the State Department wants them to pay up to $2,000 to get the heck out of the country. And these are not flying directly to the U.S. here. They're probably flying to Doha and Qatar or uh, another place uh, near Afghanistan, at least relatively speaking. And uh, so basically we have more bureaucracy uh, because that's all apparently the Democrats know how to do is send people through more and more bureaucracy. Again, uh, Biden has mismanaged this from the get-go. Everybody realizes that. And that's why the president keeps trying to change the subjects. It, it's just kind of strange because he seems to think this is just a PR crisis that he needs to get over. The news cycle's intense right now, but other news will pop up and it'll fade away. The problem for Joe Biden is it continues to get worse. 
and it will continue to get worse the longer we have Americans in there. Um, a lot of people are concerned about our allies who helped us and risked life and limb to support us while we were there on the ground, um, but at least get the Americans out. Are you kidding me? This is crazy. Um, many have compared this to Saigon. This is so much worse than Saigon. There really is no comparison to it. I, I guess you could compare it to the disaster that Carter presided over when you had Iran take hostages in the embassy. That was 52 people, and that was a national scandal, and he was tossed out on his ear by Ronaldus Magnus, Ronald Reagan. But we're talking 10 to 15,000 Americans are still in country. The State Department doesn't know who they are. They don't know where they are, and they certainly don't know how they're going to get them the heck out of Afghanistan. So, um, yeah, this is a very bad situation, and Biden just keeps running away. It was revealed today that uh, he's going to be leaving Washington. I think they called a lid at uh, 3.15 p.m. Eastern time, so that's long past, because he wanted to go back to his house in Delaware for an extended weekend. I, I guess it's been a tough week for him spending 95 percent of it at Camp David instead of in the White House. So he's flying away again. He's just trying not to comment. And again, they think they can change the subject. On Wednesday, Biden gave a speech where he only talked about COVID. The second he was finished barely getting through the teleprompter, reading it, stumbling, slurring, the usual uh, Biden oratory. As soon as he finished, he turned tail and walked away as the reporters, to their credit, were shouting questions, most of which, of course, were about Afghanistan. He wouldn't answer any. Today, he sent a tweet. That, was, uh, that will help things. But it wasn't about Afghanistan either. It was about selling his infrastructure plan. He's trying to change. Uh, basically, these are a way that he's, the White House is telling the media, OK, Afghanistan's done now. You, you should move on to these other things, uh, these other things that I want to talk about. Um, this is far from over. And as I fear... It is only just beginning the mess in Afghanistan. Uh, we need to get everybody out. Even if magically, two minutes from now, every single American in the country was somehow back home, um, there'd still be our allies there. There would still be the international repercussions of that. So we're going to be talking about that today. Have three great guests, Kurt Schlichter at the bottom of the hour, Noah Rothman at the top of the hour. And then in the third hour, we have Phil Wegman from the Washington Examiner, we're going to be talking a lot of Afghanistan here, folks. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel of Ricochet and AZ Central. I'm sure it's very popular with the audience here. Reading it cover to cover every day. I'm like the... Uh, one of the two token conservatives there providing my opinion. I wrote a piece today uh, talking about this Afghanistan mess. Um, I don't think people realize how bad the situation is. And I am Mr. Oh, just relax. It'll be fine. Quit getting so panicked about whatever the issue of the day is. Uh, it seems like, uh, especially on Twitter, they pick three issues to be outraged over. One is some celebrity I've never heard of. One is, I don't know, a white author wrote about Asian cuisine and they need to be piled on, and then something in politics, maybe 
I don't know, Rick DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSantis ended up uh, wearing the wrong color shoes with his navy blue suit or something like that. And these are the things, things we're supposed to be outraged about. I don't really do outrage, but uh, this situation is definitely uh, testing that uh, for me uh, because they really don't understand how bad it is. People are comparing it to Saigon. It's far worse than Saigon. In Saigon, we had stopped fighting for two years when we fled the embassy. We had those... Uh, pictures that are still shown today of helicopters flying away from the embassy, rescuing embassy personnel and Vietnamese citizens and uh, bringing them to safety. But that was two years after the fighting was over. It took two years for Saigon to fall. It did. Everybody pretty much expected it. And every single American was taken out, along with, as I said, many of our Vietnamese allies. Um, That was considered a scandal, a national tragedy. Um, In this situation, as I said earlier, 10 to 15,000 Americans are still there somewhere. The government doesn't know where the heck they are. They were not given proper warnings that the entire country would fall last weekend. They were actually promised by Biden, by Tony Blinken, by our DNI, by our Pentagon. Oh, yeah, well, they might take over, but it won't be chaotic. It won't be like immediate or anything like that. I think it was Blinken who said, it's not something that's going to change, you know. It's not like Kabul is going to fall between Friday and Monday. Well, he was right about that, come to think of it, because it happened between Saturday and Monday. So it was uh, 24 hours uh, quicker than uh, he considered the worst-case scenario. And, of course, all of our allies there. And I know uh, people now on the conservative, on the right in general, are just like, should we be bringing all these people back to the U.S.? That's a debate we should have. I know a lot of people who really uh, put themselves out there to help us. I think it'd be great if we brought them here. They would probably be more conservative and pro-American than, I don't know, most of the Democrats running in Washington these days. But at least get the Americans out. Are you kidding me? Everyone agrees on that, or at least should, on the left and the right. But apparently they don't. Um, As I mentioned before, When Biden gave a speech on this Monday, all he did is uh, blame this person and blame that person and blame the Afghans. Of course, it isn't his fault. And uh, the the problem is, is that the White House is treating this as a crisis comms issue. Um, Back in my young days when I did uh, corporate communications a little bit in the private sector, yeah, you would always have crisis communications like, I don't know, say you... Say you sell flour and one of them, one of the bags was poisoned and then the whole company would get together. Okay, we need to issue statements and recall this and do that. And then hopefully nobody's injured, all goes well. A couple days later, the news cycle changes, you fix the problem, you move on. This is not something that we can just move on from, especially since it is still, I was going to say developing, but I think the better term is unraveling. We're watching it online. Some news stations are bold enough to cover it. Actually, giving credit where it's due, CNN has actually been pretty solid on this. The reporters on the ground are saying this is a complete nightmare. This is a complete mess. They're not parroting the line coming out of the White House that, oh, no, it's fine. We all expected this. John King was blasting Biden. Jake Tapper blasting Biden. This is not the normal type of situation. This is not just like, oh, yeah, Biden's getting a little bad press and we can move on to something more friendly to him in a day or two. Maybe we can have him eating ice cream and ask him what flavor he's eating. This is not a situation like that. But just a few things I'm wondering, 
and even the critical reporters. I'm wondering why they aren't asking these questions. Let's just say we got out everybody who's an American. There's 10 to 15,000. Say we got 14,000 out. So there's 1,000 Americans left. That'd be 20 times the number of staff who are held by the Iranians, which darn near shut down our foreign policy for a couple of years in 79. How about we have Taliban roaming around the airport and in the perimeter of the airport? These are not uh, professional soldiers here. These are villagers, many of whom are illiterate by choice, and uh, they could get a little trigger happy. I don't know. Maybe they think an American airwoman looked at them the wrong way, and they start shooting people. Well, that would shut down the airport, let alone something horrible like a suicide bomb or the Taliban just deciding they're drunk on power and lob a few mortars and damage the runway. Those are all shut down, Kabul. Now, how is the Taliban planning to commemorate in a few weeks here, I think three weeks away, the 9-11 attacks, the 20th anniversary? Biden wanted to by saying, yeah, we're out of Afghanistan, all is good. What exactly will they do to any Americans who are still there, trapped? So everything could go sideways very, very quickly. It could be happening as I speak and the news hasn't been reported yet. Or it could happen three days from now or a week from now. And the Biden administration cannot continue this ridiculous happy talk because we're in a very dire situation. We are going to be dealing with repercussions of this, whoever is elected president next, and I'm sure it won't be Biden. We're going to be dealing with repercussions for decades of this. We did for Iran, which wasn't even that bad a problem compared to what is going on right now. As Kabul fell over the weekend, China resumed flights. They called them military drills. Flights along the coastline of Taiwan told Taiwan, hey, America has shown they are not going to stand by you and protect you. So you'll probably just surrender immediately and we'll take over. They want to take Taiwan. Russia wants to take the Ukraine. Bad actors around the world have been incredibly emboldened. And, and again, kind of the feckless EU, I'm handing credit to people I've criticized endlessly forever. The EU is furious with Biden. He was just condemned, basically held in contempt in the UK parliament. I think that happened yesterday. Um, the UK, our closest ally, is livid at Biden. So is France. So is Germany. Ukraine and France are out there with their military special forces gathering their countrymen and getting them out of the country. Biden's like, no, we're not going to do that. It's not. It's just not important. You had the generals out there, I think it was Secretary Austin of the Department of Defense, saying we don't really have the capabilities to do that right now. Yes, we certainly have the capabilities. We don't have the will. Joe Biden doesn't have the will. And even if someone like General Milley kind of set aside his white rage book for a while and wanted to do something about it, Biden wouldn't let him. Um, I want to talk more with a veteran, Kurt Schlichter. You'll probably know him. He guest hosts the Hugh Hewitt Show all the time. And he will be coming on after our bottom of the hour break. Talk to you then. Welcome back. This is John Gabriel. I am uh, filling in for Seth Liebson. He graciously allowed me behind the microphone here. Um, I'm not a talker usually. I'm a I'm a hide in my house and write a whole bunch kind of guy. So um, this is always a good chance to actually get out and talk to human beings, which is kind of nice. And really, everything I've been focused on news-wise, you know, I, I know Biden's trying to change the subject. Why don't we talk about COVID? Why don't we talk about infrastructure? 
No, the only issue he has to be paying attention right now is happening on the other side of the world in Afghanistan. Um, all he's done so far is defend the decision to leave Afghanistan, and uh, he's false in doing so. Uh, the American people are fine with leaving Afghanistan. We've been there 20 years. In my humble opinion, we should have left 10 years ago. What we want is some measure of competence in executing this withdrawal plan. And uh, we are just not seeing that. It's just really amazing to watch this, especially, you know, we spent four years complaining about the deep state. And that's what we have going on here. These people are supposed to be the experts. They were far smarter than Donald Trump. And they knew the score. And they knew how to run things. And the Pentagon would lie to him. And Intel would lie to him. And instead of providing him good intelligence on, say, the Taliban, they were building fake dossiers to attack Donald Trump because they were smarter than him and he was dangerous. And man, he's just going to blow up the world if he gets his way. Second he's gone, look what happens. Um, we heard nothing but when Biden was uh, inaugurated, oh, the adults are back. The adults are back in charge. Well, if these are our adults, um, heck, uh, I have kids. They're teenagers now. They'd probably do a better job than Biden right now. I, I think they'd want to protect human life, especially Americans trapped in Kabul and beyond. I think anyone listening to this would be doing a better job than Joe Biden is right now. It's an absolute disaster after his Monday speech where he blamed Obama and blamed Trump and blamed the Afghanis. He had an interview I'm sure he just thought it would be nothing but softballs with George Stephanopoulos. Of course, former Clinton official, ran his communications for a long time. It's just another terrible interview. He got very defensive, extremely hostile, um, and started to blame more people. He said there was many leaks over the weekends because all people in Washington care about is not solving the problem, but passing the buck and pointing fingers. The intel, many intel sources would leak to the Washington Post and other outlets saying, look, it's uh, we provided the intelligence on this. Biden shut us down. He didn't listen to it. We said this could happen. He didn't listen. The Pentagon also started leaking information saying, look, we're not going to talk about the intelligence, but we told him we needed to keep at least 2,500 troops in there. And he rejected us. He turned us down. It sounded like that General Milley did not want to give up Bagram Air Air Base, which was a jewel that we had there right in Afghanistan. If you want to extricate friendlies from that country, you could go to Bagram because it has a secure perimeter. It has two runways instead of the single runway that the Kabul airport has. It is not surrounded by hostile encroaching city like the Kabul airport is. Um, instead, Biden just snuck out in the middle of the night and he made the military. He, after all, is the com commander in chief. And he made them turn over Bagram Air Base. But by the way, Bagram Air Base on my podcast, which is called The King of Stuff, I interviewed Amber Smith, who is a helicopter pilot, Army helicopter pilot in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, she mentioned that I'm, again, not seeing the media notice much at all. They had a huge prison complex at Bagram. And all the people that we collected for terrorism, for fighting for the Taliban, well, when they fled and left Bagram Air Base, the Taliban let all those people out. So now they're part of the army. That's great. Um, that's just uh, envisions wonderful things for this country in our fight against, uh, continuing fight against terrorism, which we'll be fighting for our entire lives. 
But instead, um, Joe Biden, when he was talking to George Stephanopoulos, passed the buck again. He said the intel sources, the leakers, are lying. He never got intelligence that the Taliban could take over. The military never recommended we should keep a few forces in place until all the Americans are out. So not only is he throwing everyone else under the bus, he's throwing his own administration. He's in charge of intel. He's in charge of the Pentagon. Look at the org chart, Joe. And instead, you have a situation where he's blaming the people that he appointed to protect this country. He's saying, no, they're all liars. Nobody ever told me this. Um, Some tough times ahead with this. And hey, we got to go to an ad break right now, and I'll talk to you on the other side of it. Um, hopefully get new perspectives on what's going on in Afghanistan. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in for the man himself. I'm editor-in-chief at ricochet.com. I write there a lot. Not enough. I really got to write more there. But I was distracted yesterday writing for AZ Central, put up an article. Um, they just posted it today about the mess in Afghanistan, uh, people not quite understanding um, how bad this could end up being. Uh, and now I'm very happy to have on an old friend, a veteran, and a legend, Kurt Schlichter. How you doing, Colonel? Well, I'm, I'm I'm doing great, John. I think the NSA was trying to stop us from connecting, but we've uh, we we fought the power. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, uh, take that. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's but, uh, uh, the NSA does n- never is fans of you and I combining forces, uh, tapping rings, Wonder tr- Twin style, and uh, causing problems. So, well, I, I look. I th- I think they're still upset about our. Uh, uh, recent app Tick Torque, uh, which features the music of the fourth monkey. So, right. so yeah, exactly. All anti Griselda special rock block. So, and I just found out today that. I'm going to have to shut down my OnlyFans account. It broke in the news. They're they're banning any naughty videos or photos on OnlyFans. I had a great scheme going where I'd start out in my skivvies and then people would have to pay me to put my clothes back on to stop the mental anguish that that vision caused. And I thought that was a pretty good uh, marketing model, but that's gone now. The important news of the day, of course, is Afghanistan. You're a veteran. and uh, Not of Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. Places, but but you served in the Army. Graduate. Yep. Yeah, I, I showed up for about 27 years. I was a colonel, uh, went to the party war college, the Army War College. I was in the Delta <laughs> House. Uh, I, I, I was a Niedermeyer, uh, although although the uh, uh, current uh, the Army military brass has currently constituted puts me in mind of that uh, uh, character from popular culture. What a, You're a military guy, too, and it, I, I know you're looking at this going, what? The unholy hell. Yep. Yeah, and I think I, mean, I don't think civilians can get it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Not that they're you know not that they're inferior people or anything like that. It's just what the I mean, what the hell? I, I mean, what the hell? Yeah. I, I don't even know what to say and remain SEC compliant <laughs> to describe what this. I, I mean, I'm looking at this going. You know, I don't know. Was I dumb for paying attention during? Uh, Command and General Staff College and War College and all the other military schools and when I was out there doing soldier stuff. 
because this bears no relationship to the military as I, and I believe you knew it, you were in the, uh, you, you were in a particularly professional branch uh, where there is no room for error. Right. Uh, and you've got to be stroking out watching this cluster. Oh, yeah. It, it's absolutely amazing to see just the lackadaisical attitude of the top brass of the Pentagon. You know, it's, you know, I was on a submarine. <laughs> like you say, there is a dumb John makes an error on the sub and there's an international indis- incident when we release yeah, a yeah, radiation they're, they're... Cl- cloud or something. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine Hyman Rickover presiding over what we're seeing at oh. the uh, uh, airport? I mean, I, I, I mean, it, it, look, I mean, you know, obviously he's a Navy guy, but there are certain principles of leadership like, oh, I don't know, you plan for operations? Mm-hmm. And you adjust I, your plan if, uh, let's just assume, which I can't really do, that Biden and his uh, top brass had a plan going into this. You change it as circumstances change, as they always do. But he just thinks yeah. he can ride this out either at Camp David or poolside in his Delaware mansion. And, uh, yeah, everybody will just uh, blow it off and go back to complaining about Governor Ron DeSantis again. Well, look, I mean, look, I, I don't think we can let Ron DeSantis off the hook for what's happening in <laughs> Afghanistan. Yeah. You know, it's about time he stepped up and took responsibility for it. Also, that, also for that bird that uh, pooped on my windshield when I parked under the wires. Yeah. He uh, is to blame uh, pretty, pretty much for everything. But that's the thing, well, too. Look, is Ron to like... Satan? Is that a coincidence? <laughs> well, I think that's something, too, that I compare this to. This is a miniature version of what's going on in Afghanistan. Is a hurricane impending, bearing down on Florida. Every Florida governor, mercifully, they've all been Republicans lately, they are on the phones constantly. They're flying around the state. They're shoring up people. They got the emergencies. They are active. They are on it. Joe they Biden is like drooling into his pudding cup. Oh, this guy, world's number one Matlock super fan, is rocking in his shawl, you know, figuring out, uh, you know, who's the latest corpse at Cabot Cove. And it's, I, I mean, you know, uh, uh, people falling out of airplanes. Isn't that bad? Well, well, George, that was four or five days ago. A, it wasn't four or five days ago, but B, and more importantly, what the hell? Yeah. And nobody has had a nobody has had a chance to ask him a question about it. Finally, he allows a single handpicked reporter to, and then he gets all indignant that they dare ask about people freaking falling out of airplanes and dying in the wheel wells. I don't know if you were unfortunate to see the video. Somebody, uh, I did. Yeah, parked a camera outside just the window of the fuselage there. And, yeah, you see a dead body flailing around, half-trapped in a wheel well. I recommend you don't look this video up, folks. But um, it's just absolute hideous scene going on. And he gets mad that somebody asked him about it. Yeah, he's angry. How dare you? Somewhere along the line, someone told him he was not stupid. And that person, <laughs> that, 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 that lie has caused a cascade of disaster. Because he is stupid, Johnny. He was stupid before he became senile. And I, you know, I, I, I want to fast forward 10 years to the entire media sitting there nodding, going, yeah, it was a real, a real problem when he was senile. I wish somebody had done something about it. You are the people! Yep. But, like, all our inst- he is the perfect emblem of our ruined institution. All our institutions, as currently constituted, kind of came into being after World War II. It's now 70 years old. I mean, I'm talking the NFL. Yep. I'm talking 
academia. I'm talking our new our military department of defense, not Department of War. All of it, we, we transformed from a young country to a mature country, and now we become an old country, and our institutions are exhausted. They are corrupt, and they are stupid, and they are uh, uh, inept, and, it's the, and, and they are, they, they've got this unbelievable self-regard. Joe Biden thinks he's smart. Is there a greater indictment of our ruling caste? And that fact that it's it's nominal head thinks he's a freaking genius. And it's just absolutely shocked that anyone thinks he screwed something up, you know, and like you say, oh, that was four you. or five days ago. Who the hell do you think you are? It, it's just absolutely crazy. Hey, we have to go to a quick break. Can you hold on through this and we can chat a couple minutes? Only, only for you. All right. Thank you, Kurt. I'm here with Kurt Schlichter. I want to ask him about his latest best-selling book. Uh, they just came out with. So we'll talk about that a little bit on the other side. Hang on, folks. Welcome back, everybody. This is John Gabriel filling in for Seth Liebson. I have Colonel Kurt Schlichter on. I wanted, we have like three minutes left, but tell me about The Split, uh, the sixth book in the Kelly Turnbull series. It has like way over 500 reviews, five stars on Amazon. What's up with that? Give us an elevator pitch. The elevator pitch, America is split in two. And a author comes along and says, I'm going to write a conservative action thriller featuring this scenario, sending our, my, my gun-wielding hero into blue America to mock liberals and shoot people. If you like guns, <laughs> get the split. If you don't like liberals, get the split. If you've got a pinko commie in your neighborhood, hand them a copy of the Split, or People's Republic, the first of the six books. I followed Andrew Breitbart's injunction, injunction, John. I decided I was going to make conservative culture, and I did it five years ago kind of as a lark. And I've sold six figures of these. Man, there is a huge appetite for books that are fun and action-packed. It's like Brad Thor that doesn't suck. <laughs> so you're saying this book has the typical Schlichter nuance that we all expect yeah, and love from you. Yeah, it's got the subtlety that I'm known for. <laughs> well, yeah, they've been a terrific success. I remember reading through the very first, and when I found out this was already the sixth, I'm like, holy cow, these have been a wild success. So it's congratulations oh, like on the me. credit. Thank you. You're like me, man. You you love doing that. And I love writing these books. It's fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm writing about my country falling apart and going into turmoil and all sorts of chaos and stuff. But it, 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 it's fun to do a, you know, it's fun to write a story that I would want to read on an airplane. And, um, you know, and, it, and it's fun to make conservative culture. I am so, you know, you go on Netflix and it's like, here, this, this is a new series that's going to validate the BIPOC trans experience. Okay, look, you guys rock. I don't care what you guys do with your life, but I, I, I want to be entertained. I don't want to validate nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and there needs to be hours laughing and going. That's cool, right? Blow stuff up for crying out loud! I, I remember uh, I looked at my daughter's uh, charter school classic education reading list, and I was like, "Oh, I got to read some of this stuff because you can't be smarter than me." And reading Dostoevsky, I got to the end of this, you know, books, you know, doorstop of a book, and I went, "Where's the explosions? Where's the buxom milkmaids? What, what's exactly. going on?" I have to turn to the Schlichter experience for that. Exactly. I mean, Shakespeare, boring. <laughs> you want a split? 
split with a Wilson Combat CQB and a bad attitude. Take that, liberals. Absolutely. Well, we are uh, heading to the news break at the top of the hour. Thanks so much for being on. Everybody rush out now in a buying frenzy. Get the split. It is available. It is dirt cheap. And it is well worth uh, 10 times any penny you spend on it. Thanks for being on, Kurt. Thanks for having me. And my dog likes it, too. All right. Good. Talk to you later. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.